Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Aligned Entrepreneur. I have a really exciting interview for you guys today. And uh, my guest is Erin Trelore, and she is a celebrity health expert, meditation teacher, the founder of Raw Beauty Co., and the host of the Raw Beauty Talks podcast. And specifically, her passion is in helping women feel better in their bodies and in their lives through her four evidence based pillars, which are nourishment, movement, mindset, and self love. And, um, I really loved this conversation with Erin. She is someone that has built a a really beautiful business and audience for herself. And she does not shy away from talking about the deep stuff, from talking about the real stuff and specifically her awareness around things that we talk regularly about on this podcast in terms of the power of the nervous system, um, you know, really getting to the core and to the source of our resistance, of our patterns that we no longer wish to repeat, whether that's in life or business, um, is just something I'm I love seeing more and more coaches speak to and do work around and bring awareness to within their own audiences and businesses. And uh, Erin's story is quite a remarkable one in terms of what she's created, what her business stands for, how it got started, and just her willingness again to be super vulnerable and to lead with that with an audience you know she shared things on this podcast that she told me she'd never shared anywhere else and uh there was there was resistance that she overcame just to share some of what we talked about on this podcast that she you know she walked us through that process for her and what that looked like and i just I really, really love, you know, getting to host a space and be a part of a conversation where women are choosing to lead with vulnerability and authenticity because we desperately need more of that in this world. And so it was truly an honor to have Erin on to hear pieces of her story. And uh, she's just someone that is very much, in my mind, aligned with everything that we are about here at the podcast. So uh, I'm going to link all of her stuff down below for you guys so you can check that out. I highly recommend it. And without further ado, here is my interview with Erin Chalor of Raw Beauty and Raw Beauty Talks podcast. Welcome to the Aligned Entrepreneur podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders, and this is a space where you'll discover the science behind the woo of your soul-led business, collapsing timelines through combining identity work, quantum principles of creation, and nervous system aligned sales strategies. Here, we take a science-backed approach to understanding the magic of manifestation and the role our brains and bodies play in our success as business owners. It is my intention that the time you spend here serve as a channel through which you gain access to the clarity and ways of being in your business that will enable you to impact thousands and transform your world in the process. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I am really excited today to be joined by Erin. Hello, Erin. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. I'm I'm really excited to chat with you. I am in awe of just what it is that you've created and uh, really resonate with everything that you're about. So maybe um, before we dive in, you could share with our audience who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. I would love to. I am... I mean, I feel like whenever we do these intros, it's just so many titles and labels. But I know. <laughs> since that's how we categorize ourselves these days, I'm a mom. I have a five-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. I am a wife. My husband, Scott's amazing. He is a mortgage broker, also has his own business, and is currently training for Ironman. Um, and my job, my career, my passion, my profession, I am a health and wellness coach that focuses on uh, more gentle wellness and a non-diet approach to wellness. I have two signature programs, my raw beauty food and body reset, and then my eight-week program, the anxiety reset, which I run with my partner, Dr. Michelle Cambolis. Um, I, yeah, I'm just so happy to be here today alignment, entrepreneurship, all of these things are near and dear to my heart. I feel so lucky to get to do the work that I do every single day. And I feel anybody who is lucky enough to work in alignment with what lights them up inside is just set up for so much success in life. Like the mm -hmm. possibilities are endless. 
I could not agree more. And uh, clearly looking at your stuff and everything that you're about, you are what I would refer to as an aligned entrepreneur, meaning, well, it means different things for different people, but um, obviously there's a heavy mindset component, but really it's just, to me, building an aligned business is leading with authenticity, doing what lights you up, doing it in a way that's really true to you, not following, you know, too many of the quote unquote rules and the should do's and the must must haves in your business that are very pervasive in the online space. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey into entrepreneurship is your business, which do you refer to it as raw beauty? Rod Beauty Co. Yeah. Rod Beauty Co. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about it and your journey into it? What you were, were you always an entrepreneur or is this, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear a bit of your story. I think I've always had entrepreneurship in my blood. Both my parents ran a business together. So at the dinner table, there was always conversation about hiring and accounting and marketing. And these things just became very familiar to me. I used to go for walks with my dad and he would say, you know, if you can think of an idea that will fill a gap or that will serve people, like think about things that people need. And then if you're able to provide that to them, it's a really good setup in life. And you can have an awesome team of people that you get to sort of choose and call in. And so from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to have my own business. I was supposed to, you know, set up to go to university. And I heard about this two-year program at a local college that was marketing, management, entrepreneurship. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, why am I going to get my arts degree (laughs) when I just need to know how to start a business? And I'm going to figure out, you know, what it is that I want to do. But I was very clear that, that, that was going to be part of my life. Now, rewinding back a little bit, in school, I was a bit of a perfectionist, definitely a tryhard. And I, um, you know, got straight A's. I worked really hard at all of the activities that I was doing after school. I was lucky enough to get to do dance and soccer and all of these things. Um, but I also really struggled with anxiety. And at the time, we didn't know that it was anxiety. People weren't, you know, being diagnosed with having these mental health disorders. How it presented for me was just like an obsession over grades, an inability to ever rest. Like I was always cleaning, tidying, studying, off at activities. I I couldn't get settled. Like I, I had a hard time watching TV shows and things like that. And with time and as pressures mounted, you know, as you get into those older grades in high school, the anxiety turned into obsessive thoughts about food and Mm -hmm. my body. There was also this pressure from media that we all receive uh, as to what the perfect girl should look like and what that perfect body is. And tied to those, um, images and ideals was this promise. You know, if you look like this, You'll have Mm -hmm. friends and boys will like you and you'll probably make more money and to which some of that is true. So, you know, in my very driven way, I was like, hey, that's that's the goal and that's what I need to achieve. What started out as just trying to eat healthier and at the time I was following the suggestions of like Cosmopolitan magazine and (laughs) Self magazine, which I had to beg my mom to let me get. Um, what started out as something that's really celebrated in our society, just being healthier, very quickly spiraled into a full-blown eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I was severely anorexic, counting every calorie, thinking about food all the time, obsessing over what my little sister was eating, tons of comparison. And I dropped to a really low weight. I won't say the weight because that can be triggering to others who are struggling Mm -hmm. with this. And there are many out there. Um, I was hospitalized for three months, lost my period. Um, I mean, it was terrifying the weight that I was at and what was happening to my body. For many people struggling with an eating disorder, they also struggle with body dysmorphia. So they see themselves as being larger than they actually are. For me, I was like, I'm too thin now. I'm having to wear two pairs of pants to school. I can't think. I'm going from straight A principles list student to having to drop out of my science classes because I just can't 
uh, I can't focus. I'm cold all the time, but I could not stop the thoughts around you shouldn't eat this. Don't, don't eat that. And just this intense anxiety around all of it. So, you know, my work that I do now is such an extension of that experience and going through that hell and making it out on the other side. It was a 10 year process of healing. And as we all know, these messages are still so pervasive. Mm -hmm. We're seeing them all over. We are very attached to social media, which has its own set of messages. And so it's ongoing work, but I no longer have those obsessive thoughts over food. And if anything, you know, those days when I'm being a bit judgmental about my body, which are much fewer and that voice is so much quieter now, um, I know how to navigate it. I don't attach to it. I don't take action based on those thoughts anymore. And so my aligned entrepreneur moment is really being able to and having the honor of supporting other women who are in a tricky space with, with their relationship with food and their body and helping them move over to the other side, helping them create a much healthier, more intuitive uh, relationship with food and their body. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I heard, I mean, I have a very similar story in terms of really like, I remember uh, weighing out like a half a tablespoon or half a teaspoon of soy sauce and adding that to my calorie counter for the day and like losing my hair and my period for six months. And it was a huge thing that I've had to work through in my business. I mean, that was when I was like, you know, that was 15 years ago, probably. Um, But the narratives that came from that, that you touched on there in terms of, you know, if you look this way, you'll be more desirable, more appealing, more successful. They were really things that I had to work through in my business and that I see with so many women entrepreneurs, especially it's like being on social media. There's this, if you're in the online space, which most of my clients are, there's this real, I don't know if I want to say risk, but real um, just pattern that I see where whatever it is that we have going on within us, which is usually from our childhood or from those teen years, is going to be triggered by you know not feeling desirable, not feeling seen, falling into comparison. So I would love to know what were some of the things that you did to start moving away from that space of anxiety because something I talk a lot about here is Dr. Joe's work and and essentially reprogramming the emotions within the body from a body-based standpoint, which was really, really helpful for me when I found myself in a period of anxiety. But I, given that this is something you specifically talk to a lot, what did that look like for you, um, you know, both from a body-based perspective, but just an anxiety one as well? Yes. So When I was having treatment for the eating disorder, it looked like, I mean, we started out with therapy and we started out with meeting with a dietitian, and none of that was working. So really going into that hospital program was all about getting into the physical body and just re-nourishing the body, which is directly connected to the mind to get me to a point where the thinking mind was more settled and more logical. When you have these disorder thoughts about food and your body, it's a form of anxiety. Nobody called it that back in the day, but now we know so much more. And for so many women in particular who are struggling with anxiety or who have an anxious mind-body system, food and their body become the focus of those ruminating thoughts of those worried thoughts. It's just what we tend to attach to. So really what it comes down to is supporting an anxious mind-body system. It's supporting anxiety. And when we're, when we're focused on that, we really have to start by supporting the body. We have our central nervous system, which has the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight, flight, and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest, digest. Both of these systems cannot be on at the same time. Either one is switched on or the other one is switched on. 
So fight flight is amazing in that when we're in a moment of stress or danger, it flicks on and all of a sudden our blood shunts to our arms and legs, our digestion slows, our pupils dilate, our um, focus moves from being really broad, being able to see lots of possibilities, you know, you're in a space of rest, you can dream, you feel safe, to all of a sudden, how do I get myself out of this space of danger? And this is an incredible system in small doses. It's great if we have the fight flight turn on when we're about to step out onto a busy road or if there's a dangerous animal nearby and we need to flee it. But for many people in today's environment, fight flight gets turned on and it never turns off. And over time, the stress response constantly being turned on causes the system to malfunction. We get these ruminating, worried thoughts, restlessness. We can't sleep properly. Um, We're always looking at the worst case scenario. Uh, We may find that we're having difficulty trusting people. There's just this unsettled nature. And for many people listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't have to describe the symptoms of anxiety because you felt it. It's the most common mental health disorder out there. So and so many people are experiencing it now after the pandemic, mm-hmm. the rise of social media, thinner boundaries between work life and um, home life. All of these factors play in political unrest, global warming, blah, blah, blah. You know, the environment around us is not conducive to a Zen chilled out system. And so the first thing we have to do is, is really support the body in feeling safe again. And mm-hmm. to do that, we can use things like breath work, movement, fueling the body with beautiful nourishing foods consistently, reducing caffeine, reducing alcohol, uh, reducing the amount of time we're spending on social media and increasing the amount of connection that we have with nature and with others. So there, and that's just to name a few, there are so many things that we can be doing to support the system that is anxious. And as the body settles and moves out of fight flight into a space of rest digest, it's incredible how the mind starts to shift as well. Those thoughts of like those scarcity thoughts, those thoughts of not being enough, those thoughts of, um, you know, is this going to work out? Is my business going to fail? How am I going to get all of this done? Those feelings of overwhelm start to settle as well. So that's sort of the first phase is tending to the physical body. And then the second phase um, is really shifting our relationship to the thinking mind. And oftentimes people try and do this first. They're like, oh, if I could just think more positive or I'll just do some affirmations or whatever it is, you know, if I could just be different, this would, wouldn't feel this way. But it's very hard to shift our relationship with those thoughts when your system is fired up and anxious. So uh, then we move into really tending to those thoughts, navigating, you know, the beliefs that you carry about yourself and the world. And, um, and from there, shifting the actions that we're taking day to day, shifting the rituals that we have throughout the day in order to be able to support ourselves. You are speaking our language here because we talk all the time about the importance of the nervous system. Of course, I speak to it in relation to business all the time Mm -hmm. because how often are we moving from fight or flight in our business, you know, trying to create or allow for results that are going to, in our minds, take us out of whatever survival response we're currently in. Like if I can just make $5,000 a month, then I'll be okay. (laughs) And it's just different areas of our lives in which this need to control comes in. And so I love that you're spreading that awareness because I know for me, like it was around a year ago that I really started to understand how powerful the nervous system was in all of this. And it was a complete game changer in relationships and business, um, in my relationship with myself. I would love to know, you know, how, given that you're someone that has come from a history of anxiety, because for me, my experience with anxiety really only happened during the pandemic. Before that, I'd always been 
very lucky to not have that be something that I overly struggled with or like if it did, it didn't last. But I spent two years over the pandemic in just like such a state of anxiety and Mm. there was definitely a a learning curve there involved and it it came down to the understanding that you just described for us. Um, But what does this look like in regards to your business, given that this is something that you're so, you're, you're so embodied within now in terms of how it has helped you with your health and, and with, um, you know, eating habits in the past and that, that kind of thing. What does it look like for you in terms of the way that you think about your business through the lens of what you just shared with us? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say that when I was 16 going through the eating disorder until the point of 26, 27, there was no correlation. Like no doctor or therapist was saying, if this is your central nervous system and you have anxiety and it was more like you have disordered eating. Mm. And so now reflecting back, I can see that what the treatment looked like and, and ultimately what ended up supporting me the most, which some, which was some work that I did with a life coach, um, that I could, and now that I understand so much more about anxiety from a situation that I went through, triggered by my business, which I'll tell you about, that I can, you know, relate all of these things into all of these things together. So I, after having my daughter about a year after she was born, had some very severe, we called it postpartum anxiety. It was, Um, a combination though of working too much, grinding too hard from a a fear-based place. You know, if I don't get this business going, I'm going to have to do something different. And this is what I really want to do. And so just burning the candle at both ends, being up all night with her, feeding her, you know, wanting to be a present mom with my son and this new baby, while also wanting to hit these targets and these goals with work. And there just wasn't a lot of ease in that situation. So my system, which is already vulnerable to anxiety, imploded. And the alarm bells started sounding really loud. I couldn't turn them off. So I was having panic attacks constantly, lost my appetite, started losing weight. And this time it was completely different. There was no focus on food or whatnot. My body was just like burning through energy. Mm. And I started having really scary, intrusive thoughts. And so I began working with Dr. Michelle Cambolis as a therapist. And this is where I really started to understand the central nervous system and anxiety in a different way was through the work that I did with her work. I did with an acupuncturist. I mean, my own healing again. So this is where the anxiety reset was born from was this year long process of recovering from that experience. I still feel that I am having to pay extra attention to and to tend to my body in ways that I never have had to before since becoming a mom, really um, investing in my business. So leaving my full-time corporate job to just do this all of a sudden adds on a lot more pressure, Mm -hmm. especially when you're not working on your abundance mindset and all of these other beautiful things. Um, So having kids, doing my work, going through a pandemic, And I really think, you know, we talk about relationships being one of our greatest teachers. I also think entrepreneurship is the same. Like if there are (laughs) any areas where there is still a wounding or healing that needs to occur, or if you have any conditioning, you know, perfectionism or uh, wanting to be liked by others, like all of that is going to be so freaking lit up that <laughs> yeah. you are going to have to face it at some point and probably do some work around it. And so I've been, I've been doing the work and that looks like for me, you know, sometimes bigger things like, um, you know, doing the therapy and, um, I tried ketamine therapy for the first time a few months ago, so I, I lean hard into trying different things and seeing what works and experimenting with different things. But then at the end of the day, it really is the little things that have created 
a profound shift as well. So switching, like really reducing my caffeine intake, primarily mm. drinking matcha at this point. I'm not going to say it's 100% perfection. I love a latte every once in a while, but I notice when I have that, I feel more overwhelmed. My thinking isn't as linear. So I just feel like, you know, I look at my calendar and things and I'm like, how am I ever going to get this done? But when I have matcha, something that's not as stimulating to my nervous system, I feel much more capable and in control and just like, it's all going to get done, you know? Um, Moving my body, meditation. I did my meditation teacher training a year ago. And um, I think that's been absolutely transformative. Meditating daily has changed my relationship with my thoughts. It's allowed more spaciousness. It's just shifted so many things. Mm. Yes. I've always said um, entrepreneurship is, you know, the ultimate form of self-development because whatever (laughs) is there, it's going to come up. And I think at least in my experience, that's what has us relate to relate to it as a roller coaster, right? The entrepreneurial roller coaster. Like in my mind, what that's looked like is just every day having to look at pieces of myself that are being triggered and, you know, at times wanting to burn it all to the ground. And then other times, like it's a roller coaster because we're, we're really having to come to terms with ourselves, which is a really beautiful thing. And also not for the faint of heart. Not for the faint of heart. When you were talking at the beginning about aligned entrepreneurship it sounds just so like spiritual and like there's so much ease there and i was thinking oh man it is being aligned is so <laughs> effing hard and takes so much courage and takes you know continuously coming back to the plate when you're getting knocked down over and over and over again yeah and so it is i just you know for anyone who's listening right now who's in this journey I hope when you hear that, yes, like I'm very much working in alignment and it's it's really challenging. And I also <laughs> love the challenge and on days want to throw it, throw in the towel. And at the same time, no, I never will. Like exactly. I, it, it's not, it's also just not an option. Well, and I love that you brought that up about the name of this podcast because I've never actually addressed that specifically. Like being the aligned entrepreneur does not mean I'm in alignment all the time. It means (laughs) I have an awareness of what the work is each day, what parts of myself want to try and control. Like some days I'm so wildly out of alignment, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm always endeavoring to you know, work my way back to it, which for me comes with a lot of compassion. And so being an aligned entrepreneur is like not a place that you just get to, and then you just sort of vibrate with the, with the universe all day, every day. It's not that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's an aware, it's a conscious entrepreneur in my mind, at least that's how I've always approached it. And I know that things do really work when I can allow for them to, when to me, alignment is a state of allowing, not a state of like overly believing in things or insisting on my results or trying to live in the end. It's none of those things. For me, there's a real spiritual side of it, which is Mm -hmm. allowing for what I want to unfold if it's meant to, right? And this this sort of surrendered approach, very active approach, but surrendered approach to business. What does that, like, does that resonate with you in terms of how you operate? I know different people and their human design and just how they are is very, very different in terms of what the day-to-day looks like in their business. But how do you think about um, operations in your business from more of perhaps like a spiritual or mindful standpoint? I mean, this has shifted a lot over mm-hmm. the years. I grew up with, as I said, these parent, my parents who were running a business together and there were so many pros to that. And I'm forever grateful to have been part of those conversations. I actually worked with them for 10 years after graduating before taking the leap to just focus on raw Um, but there was also a lot of really stressful conversation around finances and money. And my dad, God bless him, definitely, I now understand, has a scarcity mindset around money. And it is like, okay, we need to hit this number. And if we don't, the the fear (laughs) that he just emits, he doesn't Mm. even need to say anything, um, was very much absorbed into me. And so- when that ang- anxious moment came up postpartum, so much of the anxiety was tied to finances. 
was tied to to finances. And my finances were reflecting that fear that mm-hmm. I had. Yep. <laughs> I was repelling it's money and there. it was coming in and I was spending it or moving it or gifting it like as fast as it came in. And so it was one of those moments where I really had to examine um, my relationship with money. And so it has shifted a lot in the last couple of years. But I will say that if my physical body is in a state of fight flight, that those those fear-based thoughts are very quick to come back. Mm-hmm. So again, we come back to the physical body. I support the physical body and do what I can to keep that healthy. And that has a really allowed me to explore and get more curious and try on an abundance mindset. This idea that, um, you know, there is an abundance in the world of not only money and cash, but leaves on the tree and water molecules and clothing and food for people to really shift into that mindset just allows so much more inner peace and and changes everything. And the best way to really understand it and to really commit to embodying that mindset is when you start to experience how you attract different things from that space. So since I started doing this work and, you know, I don't want to get too much into it because I know it's just so controversial right now, but with the ketamine therapy that I did, I did two sessions. I cannot tell you how much it changed my nervous system around Mm. finances and just allowed so much more ease. Kind of like EMDR in therapy, which is when you do the tapping and it unlocks both sides, both hemispheres of the brain and can help you metabolize past trauma. So that was just incredibly helpful. And then I also have to root into practices like giving gratitude at night, noticing all that I have, just being so thankful for what is in my life. In addition to all of that more airy-fairy stuff, I had to learn how to use QuickBooks. I had to put a system (laughs) in place so that I was checking in with my finances every week. And that was really scary for me. Like That felt hard and it's not what I enjoy doing. It's not fun for me. It was triggering a lot of that past anxiety. So I had to work through that as well, like what I call feet on the ground stuff, <laughs> the ta- yeah. tangible stuff. I really have been working on both of those things. So shifting my mindset around it and then shifting my actions to align with um, with what I want to create in this world and what I want to welcome in. Is that so abstract what I just said? Oh my God. No, you're like 1000% in the right place Okay, (laughs) for all of it. It's perfect. And I love hearing other entrepreneurs and coaches share about this very, very important mind-body connection because I've been in this uh, sphere, this industry for probably almost six years now. And I had already built like a multiple six-figure business when my anxiety started to come in with things to do with the pandemic and being very isolated and that kind of thing. And I had multiple coaches I was working with at the time and none of them could tell me you're in fight or flight mode right now. And no mindset work that we do is going to help you until Mm, we bring your body down. Like that awareness wasn't there. And perhaps I just wasn't receptive to it at the time, but I had not seen it in the way that I'm starting to see it. And I'm, I'm so grateful because it was so impactful for me. And it's like people endeavoring to build businesses or even just, you know, manifest, create beautiful lives that they love without the awareness of how important their nervous system is. Like they're, they're struggling to do it because we're in safety mode. You know, a lot of the time, especially in today's world, as you've described, trying to create abundance. And to me, receiving is this space of grounded slowness that you've just described. And being in fight or flight is is hectic. It's kind of frantic. It's it's fast. It's, um, you know, forcefulness. And that's where we're trying to create from a lot of the time, not recognizing that the body is playing this 
in like very important role. So I love that you brought that up. You had mentioned briefly, um, what did you, did you call it? Ketamine? Ketamine therapy. therapy yeah, what yes. Is, what is that? This is a, like a very open space. We're into all of it. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, please. Okay. So, well, f- I mean, full disclosure, I am not somebody who is into drugs with anxiety and symptoms of anxiety. Like even CBD gummies sometimes just make me feel a mm-hmm. bit strange. Mm-hmm. I was very much a social drinker, like, you know, have a few glasses of wine on a Friday night or Scott and I would open a bottle of wine and then, you know, go out for drinks sometimes on on Saturday, you know, if we were going out for dinner, that kind of drinking, what is very socially acceptable and normal. So getting sober for over a year and a half was incredibly helpful for my nervous system. And it just made me that much more aware to the substances that I was putting in my body. Uh, and And just opened me up to exploring things that I never would have been open to before. One of these things was um, psilocybin, and I started to hear from more and more people who were microdosing psilocybin mm-hmm. for work, like CEOs of big companies, and it would help them with focus. It would help them just gently, like maybe metabolize a little bit of trauma that was going on, and they were working with healers to do this. So I was like. Okay, maybe like a little more open to that, but also really didn't like the feeling of being out of sorts in my body at all. Mm-hmm. Then I watched a documentary on Netflix called Change Your Mind. At this point, I was um, having another anxiety blip. So I talked about postpartum having this blip. It took me about six months to, to move out of that. I ended up going on medication. It really took time to come out of that place. Then I spent a year. I'm not drinking. I'm moving my body. I'm doing my meditation teacher training. We go on vacation to Maui and wham, it all comes flooding back. It was so oh, devastating. Like I was like, how can this be happening? I've worked so hard and the intrusive thoughts came back. You know, I'd been pushing it more at work and I had started trying a progesterone cream because I felt like the anxiety was still low level. Like I was so much better, but it was still low level. And I just wanted to, um, I don't know, bump, like continuously keep improving my health. Uh, My progesterone when I did some tests was bottomed out. It was super low. So I started this cream the same time we went to Hawaii, and for whatever reason, we'll never fully know, it sent me right back to that insane anxiety place. The panic attacks came back, all of it. So there I was in this hole again, and when I get into a hole, (laughs) I do what you're not supposed to do, which is Google everything, research (laughs) everything. How am I getting myself out of this place? What is happening? Um. And so started to read more about these alternative plant-based medicines and how they work in the brain and how they were impacting people. Somebody who I really trust, who is also a healer and a therapist, had worked with this woman in Vancouver who was offering um, like psilocybin journeys, um, ketamine journeys, and MDMA journeys. And she said it was so profound for her she wasn't recommending it because you can't really recommend it, no. but I was intrigued. Watched this Netflix documentary, more intrigued. Read a book, started listening to podcasts, and was like, I got to try this. Like, I'll do anything I can to support my nervous system. My main driver is I do not want my kids, I don't want this to pass on to my kids, and I want to be present mm-hmm. and like, I need to be able to function as a human being. So, ketamine, ther- ketamine is the most commonly used anesthetic, no, what, uh, I'm going to have to check, in hospitals, like to sedate people. If my daughter broke her arm and her bone was sticking out, they would give her ketamine to take the edge off, essentially. Right. It's extremely safe and um, incredibly supportive of the nervous system. So you you take it, uh, and I would not recommend anybody do this yeah. Without a guiding <laughs> professional. So the woman I worked with is a clinical therapist. She's been doing this for this work for 20 plus years and 
is now introducing this as an alternative form of medicine. And so, you know, you go in, it takes about an hour for it to work and um, you set an intention before you do it. You go in, it was the most psychedelic experience that I've ever had. You're not like purging or anything. I've heard of ayahuasca Mm -hmm. retreats and stuff where you're purging. None of that. It's very, very gentle. You're just lying there. You might have a cry. You might feel like everyone's experience is different. Um, you, You might feel like deeply connected to everything around you. You know, this understanding that we are one with everything just clicks at a whole nother level. And then you come out of it and you have an hour that you spend with this woman sort of debriefing on what you've experienced. She was incredible at guiding the whole thing. Um, Went home, felt totally normal. Like it leaves the system almost immediately. And woke up the next morning for the first time in three, four years, no anxiety, like settled in my body rooted in my body. And that feeling lasted for uh, the first time six months, sorry, six weeks, seven weeks. Um, And then, I mean, obviously had some things to work through. It wasn't just a one and done. So I did another session and here I am. It's been two months now and I'm feeling great. That's amazing. Um, I have a lot of friends that have done a lot of plant medicines and ayahuasca and that kind of thing. And so it's, it's similar to that in terms of what you're describing, but I really do, I, I, I love hearing about these, you know, alternative approaches because for such a long time they've been labeled as being bad or being, you know, even illegal in, in some cases. And, uh, a lot of them, I, I have seen that documentary. A lot of them are, have huge potential in terms of, mental health and but uh yeah so thank you for sharing that account with us I think it's really really interesting and uh I love I love anything to do with helping us to calm the body and even what you're saying about caffeine because I do nervous system work every day but I love coffee and I know that it's like something that I'm being guided away from yes (laughs) or half calf I know yeah yeah for sure that's a hard one to drop I know people are like no not happening not letting go of my coffee (laughs) what's funny is it's not so much about the caffeine for me I just love coffee so I don't even know it's like habit just to have caffeinated coffee. Like I've given it up before and within a few days I'm totally fine. Whereas other people I know it takes, you know, months and months of withdrawal. So I don't even have a good excuse that I just need to start purchasing different coffee. (laughs) Um, But anyways, but I love that you're bringing this, you know, very holistic approach into, especially the relationship that women have with their bodies um, and just how much we've been fed this idea that our worth is in our weight uh, essentially, or what we look like. And, and we're only valuable up to a certain extent of how other people see us and just all this stuff that has only ever led in my experience to just scratching my head because I lose the weight or have in the past Mm -hmm. and still are left feeling like something's missing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think just this rise in awareness and people such as yourself willing to share your own experience, um, is really a shift that I'm seeing. It's like, I love talking to entrepreneurs who are just really authentic about like, here's what my experience has been like. Mm-hmm. What? Cause I know that that's something that's really scary to a lot of people that I chat, uh, chat with or, or coach, um, you know, being really open and vulnerable in sharing your darkest times with people, knowing that it's going to make a difference for them. What's kind of your mindset around that, uh, for people that are wanting to, be more open and share their story, but hold back from doing that for many different reasons. Well, the main reason that we hold back from sharing it is a fear of judgment, right? Like even me just zooming out for a second after sharing about my ketamine treatment, which I have not talked about publicly, my mind went, okay, I need to explain to everyone that this is not part of the treatment protocol that I recommend. It's not part of my programming. You know, like I need to make sure that everyone understands and everyone gets it and nobody's judging me out there. Mm -hmm. That's the, um, like the worthiness wound that comes up a lot for me, right? Is I, and, and also a fear of like, well, what if somebody tries this and and something happens? Like it's, it, 
it's very evidence-based, but it's not legal yet. So, so, okay. So all I'm saying there is that it's very normal when we're vulnerable to have or experience almost like a vulnerability shame over or to (laughs) second guess ourselves because we're human and we're afraid of being judged or saying something that makes us less likable. And so just having compassion and empathy for yourself that it's a really normal human response to feel a bit uncomfortable sharing so vulnerably. And then I think it really takes practice. When I started Raw, it wasn't a coaching business. It was a passion project. We photographed women without makeup, photo editing, or filters. I was still very much working through my body image and food stuff at the time. And I wanted to have these real, honest, raw, vulnerable conversations with other women about their own experiences in their body. So we photographed them without makeup or editing or filters. It was like a physical representation of the raw conversations that we had. I showed up for my own raw photo shoot with flipping tinted moisturizer on (laughs) and a thin layer of mascara that I applied so carefully so there would be no clumps because I was too, I I wasn't there yet. Like I couldn't (sighs) be seen with these imperfections that I saw in myself. Mm. It was too hard to be that vulnerable, even though I was asking it of other women. Yeah. It was so scary. Now I'm like tromping around without makeup on my hair in a messy bun. Like, but that's 12 years, 10 years later. So it's the vulnerability piece has taken time. It's been me putting myself out there. It's been me putting myself out there in little ways over years and years and building that muscle up of caring less about what other people think, understanding whenever I share vulnerably that there's a deep sense of connection with the right people and Mm -hmm. that it's one of my superpowers. But I think vulnerability is, and being vulnerable for many people, it's a muscle we've got to build. It's a skill. And we can't just leap off the cliff and hope that we'll fly. We got to take some little leaps first (laughs) and figure out what is safe. And so, you know, if you, if part of you as a business owner is like, I, you know, I know I want to share more vulnerably. I've listened to Brene Brown and I understand the power of vulnerability and I want to connect more deeply with others. Maybe you don't start off by sharing your deepest, darkest secret, but you just, show up a little bit more vulnerably. You take the filter off the image. You share mm, like an umbrella concept of something that you went through and, and then, you know, see how, see how that feels. Go from there. Yeah. And, you know, thank you just for sharing even the mindset behind uh, sharing your, your story, your ketamine story. (laughs) Um, because even that, it's like, I think people get it in their head, like it's it's easy for those that are doing it, right? When the reality is, is like, you're just more willing to be in the discomfort of it. And that part gets easier, really. It but it doesn't mean that you don't have these thoughts of like a fear of judgment or everything that comes up, that fear of vulnerability, it's a muscle that you build. And to me, it, it also comes back to the nervous system, right? We want to not risk judgment because it might mean that we're not being accepted. And if we're not being accepted, then we're not loved. We're not safe. And that's, again, a a fight or flight thing. Mm -hmm. So it really is all connected. And I just acknowledge you for really walking your talk and, you know, (laughs) giving that permission to other women, especially other entrepreneurs, but in any capacity, I mean, the areas of our lives where we feel the most safe to be seen just as we are and for who we are, in my experience, are the areas where we're celebrated the most, where we're loved the most, where we attract the most genuine people that can reflect that back to us. And ultimately, when we feel the most in alignment ourselves, and there's something really powerful about moving from that place of personal alignment. When we were talking about the title of the show, when I think of someone who's in alignment, they have a self-awareness as to what lights them up, what gifts were they given when they came into this world, what interests them, you know, what, in what way can they serve other human beings? And then on top of that, so that they may have this awareness, you know, always with that comes second guessing, am I actually good enough, imposter syndrome, Um, the shit gets lit up, the eating disorder (laughs) from high school comes back, the financial woes show up, Um, 
fear-based thinking, all of it, like all of that then comes to the surface. And that's where things get, that's where the invitation is to deepen Mm -hmm. into like a whole nother level of alignment. So I think there's levels to this game. There's levels to this game. (laughs) It's a lifelong endeavor. Yeah. It's not somewhere to get, trust me. Yes. No. It's a journey. The journey is ongoing. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Erin, thank you so much for your time today and just being so real and so all the things that this show is about. And I would love to know, you know, where can people work with and connect with you and in what capacity? The best way to find me is over on Instagram at Raw Beauty Talks and um, my website, rawbeauty.co. That's where you can find out about one-on-one coaching with me, my group programs, all that goodness. Our podcast, or sorry, my podcast, our podcast is called Raw Beauty Talks. And um, yeah, just come hang out. I'd love to hear if there were any aha moments or takeaways or things that resonated or areas where you were like, oh yeah, Aaron, being there too let me know. And um, also I'm going to get you the name of that documentary as well. It might be interesting to link to it yeah. for anybody who's interested in just uh, not not even trying it, but just like understanding yes. the different op- op- options available to us. I saw on your Instagram uh, that you have all kinds of different freebies and things. Is there anything relevant to our conversation that you'd love for me to drop for our audience that might be especially relevant? Yeah, let's pop the anxiety quiz in there. It just helps you understand your stress levels and um, whether or not they're normal or really heightened. And that can help guide you and inform you as to whether or not there might be an opportunity to do a little bit of this body work that Lauren and I mm-hmm. have been talking about. And I also sh- I also want to talk just very quickly about a retreat yes. that I'm doing Ooh, in okay, please. September, end of September, 2023. We're going to Crete, Greece in oh staying at this amazing five-star resort right on the water. And we're going to be doing all of this kind of work that we were talking about, less the ketamine therapy, but <laughs> meditation, swimming in the ocean, eating beautiful farm-to-table foods, connecting with others, connecting inward. So I am just so excited to have the ability to hold space with and to connect with some people down in beautiful Greece. It's going to be epic. That sounds absolutely incredible. I will put the links for everything that we've described, all the places that you can connect with Erin down in the show notes. And uh, yeah, just thank you for, for sharing your voice today. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. And thank you so much to everyone who is tuned in. I hope you all have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye.